It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What is up, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. On today's show, I'm going to recap a series opening win by the Reds in St. Louis. Going to talk about a great day for Luis Castillo and for one Jose Peraza. It's about time to see him have a good day. We're also going to talk about some positive points. A little bit of a counter episode to Monday's talk where I was a little bit more realistic, maybe even pessimistic, depending on how you look at it. And we're going to look at... Another great day for the Pittsburgh Pirates broadcasters. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Himalaya. And head on over to LockedOnReds.com for even more content. And then check out LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs on Twitter. Also, a reminder of the Locked On Reds line. Make sure you have that saved in your phone at 513-549-0159. The question of the week being, which red would you hate to see traded come trade deadline time? I do have an answer to play for you later on in the show. We'll keep those answers coming all week. Send them in. I'll play the best ones on the podcast. And a quick thank you to our sponsors for today, Hotels.com and Bluetooth. We'll tell you more about those later on in the show. But as I mentioned, we're going to recap the win on Tuesday night. The Reds take the series opener 4-1. to Luis Castillo got the nod on the mound tonight, and he pitched six magnificent innings. The very first batter of the game for St. Louis hit a homer. And then that was it. He gave up just that one run. In fact, as the final score indicates, the Reds pitchers only gave up one run. And he himself also struck out eight Cardinals in six innings of work. And the bullpen came in, shut the door, Amir Garrett, David Hernandez, and one Rysel Iglesias. I even tweeted out in the ninth inning when he ran out of the bullpen, buckle up, Reds fans. Well, you didn't need to because he pitched pretty well there in the ninth inning. It was good to see from Iggy coming out of the bullpen to get his 13th save of the season. And then the other great performer from Tuesday night was Jose Peraza. He was all over the place. Just a phenomenal game for one Jose Peraza. And it's funny because, you know, the the talk has been, the talk as of recently has been what's going to happen to Peraza whenever Scooter Jeanette comes back. And most of us have been saying it's just going to work itself out. Well, tonight is the kind of night that Peraza needs to build on, needs to keep having nights like this. He reached base three times, scored a run, drove in two, he even had a steal, and he made a heck of a diving play 
out in left field. He's got the nod in left field tonight with Lefty on the mound. They kept Winker on the bench, and that is going to be his value. Peraza needs to be that super utility guy that they can plug and play wherever they need him to be. Because if he is, the more positions he can play, the far more valuable he's going to be to this team moving forward. Because when Scooter comes back, they've got two bona fide, okay, not bona fide, but they've got two guys who profile best as second baseman in Scooter Jeanette and Derek Dietrich. Not necessarily because they're, you know, amazing with the leather at second base, but because you want to get their bat in the lineup in second base is the best way to do that. And then, of course, Dietrich can move to a couple of different positions all over the field and all of that good stuff. But it was a good night for Peraza showcasing his talent and what we know that he can do. Because we saw what he did last year. And the way that he has begun 2019, he has made himself an afterthought. You and I didn't choose to forget about him. It's just he stopped doing things to get noticed. He stopped hitting the ball. He stopped playing good defense. And I don't know if it was the move away from shortstop. I don't know if them bringing in Jose Iglesias just put him into some kind of funk. But it seems like it's taken him a little bit to get adjusted. Maybe tonight is the night that he needs to get off of that schneid. Hopefully that's the case. Because he's going to be a key guy moving forward. As we get closer to the trade deadline, and we see which guys stay and which guys go, Peraza figures to be a player who factors into the future of the Reds. He, he figures to be a guy, based on what he did last year, I'm not going to say that the small sample size that has happened here in 2019 has doomed him and they're just going to forget about him. He still has a lot to offer, and I think tonight was him reminding us of that. So definitely keep your eye on Jose Peraza moving forward. Joey Votto with another multi-hit game. He's starting to come around, folks. I just love seeing that happen. And the Reds all together won 4-1. to one. A big home run by Yasiel Puig. And then also a big crash into the wall in foul territory right field. He tried to make a play on a foul ball hit by Marcelo Zuna late in the game. It was in the eighth inning. And it was a ball that really didn't look like it was catchable. But he went all out anyway. And you got to respect him. I love watching Yasiel Puig play. I love having him on the Reds team. I get it. He's not hitting very well right now. I really think that he's going to come around soon. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But I love to see the effort. He's like, he reminds me of watching like Dwayne Wade play basketball. Dwayne Wade played basketball with reckless abandon. Yasuo Puig's running out there. I'm, I'm going to catch that ball even if i got to run through the wall. Unfortunately, he didn't make it through the wall. He kind of hurt himself a little bit. And in fact, even talking to Jim Day after the game, Jim Day asked him exactly you know, how he felt after he ran into the wall. And he's like, well, you know, my knee kind of hurt a little bit. And then after a second, everything hurt. But whenever the trainer asked me if I needed to come out, I was like, nah, man, I'm good. And now that the game's over, and he was telling Jim Day this, and now that the game's over, I'm going to go uh, find some cold water to set in. So he's going to be just fine. But yeah, I love having him on the team, and that was just another example of the awesomeness of Yasiel Puy, even though he didn't make the catch. But you know what? That's what is. And then one other thing before we go to break. Probably the key play of the game. 
it came late. It was in the seventh inning. Amir Garrett was in a little bit of a trouble. He just had a tough at bat against Jed Jerko in which he threw four straight strikes. But the home plate umpire decided that two of those were balls for whatever reason. Um, if you really want to dig deep, you can go into the the stat cast about that. The, the game day showed that all four of the pitches should have been strikes. And the two pitches that were called balls, they weren't even a check swing from Jerko. It should have been a called strike three. The umpire bailed him out, and Jerko ended up hitting a single. But then the very next batter hits a slow grounder off of Amir Garrett's foot. It kind of looked like he was either his foot or his glove. And Jose Iglesias had one play to make. He made that play, scooped it to Kyle Farmer at second. Farmer made a heck of a turn and got it to Joey at first base for a double play that saved not only a run, but probably a rally that the Cardinals were getting set to put together. So that was just a phenomenal play, probably the defensive play of the game. There in the the Jose Peraza diving catch, that was probably 1A, 1B. But a good night overall for the Reds. They open up the series with a win, and they'll look to see if they can continue that Wednesday night as well. Going to go to a quick break here. We'll be right back on the Locked On Reds podcast. Guys, let's take a minute to talk about sex. Blue Chew is the chewable form. It has the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, and since it comes in a chewable form, it works faster. In fact, it's the kind of chewable you can take on an empty stomach, full stomach, whatever you need to do. It's there for you when you want to do it. That's Blue Chew. You go to bluechew.com and enter promo code MLB. You get your free or your first order for free. You just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew comes in a discreet package. There's no awkward in-office doc. You just go to bluechew.com. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com and enter promo code MLB to get started on your first order of Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a fast-acting alternative to Viagra or Cialis and through today's special offer. You can get your first order for free. That's bluechew.com, promo code MLB. I also want to thank our other sponsor, Hotels.com. Stop hate liking your friend's trip. Stop sitting there in your cubicle or at your desk at work looking at your buddy's pictures from the beach or the mountains or wherever your buddies are going that you're not and get out there yourself. Hotels.com's got great rates and will reward you for your travel. Head on over to Hotels.com to book your next trip. I did. And I'm looking forward to it. That's Hotels.com. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast here on this Wednesday, a day after the Reds win the series opener in St. Louis 4-1 to on the strength of a good pitching performance by Luis Castillo, a great night by Jose Peraza, and a home run by Yasiel Puig. Looking at that game, it shows you just a little bit, a glimpse of some of the reasons to be optimistic about our Reds. Now, I know I said on Monday a lot of reasons to be realistic about the team, but just for a minute, hang in here with me. Let's talk about optimism. Let's talk about how we can feel good about our red legs because the first thing that I'm going to tell you is the Reds are where they are right now. They are currently 
four games under 500, and that is with next to no production. I mean, we've gotten a little bit, but not the production that we thought we would get when the season first started out of Yasiel Puig, and we're just getting a reawakened Joey Votto. He spent much of the first month and a half, almost two months, just asleep at the plate, it seemed like. So you've got your two best hitters who are just trying to get up the speed, and you're looking at probably the second best hitter on the team still on the injured list in Scooter Jeanette. He'll be back here soon. Now, there are mixed reports as to how long that's going to be. Some say two to three weeks. Some say it won't be until right after the All-Star break. We'll see how that all plays out. I definitely don't want him coming back less than 100% because coming back from a growing injury just doesn't sound like something you want to half-ass, if you know what I mean. But they've got Alex Wood, who's also on the injured list. Now, there is some doubt as to whether he will even pitch this year for the Reds based on his many complications with this back injury that he sustained in spring training. But he can add a lot of value later on in the season. And it's funny because when you talk about buyers or sellers or something like that with the Reds, it's almost as if they've got a couple of guys that are about to come back off of this injury, and they're they're like trading for players, trading for really good players, and they don't even have to give up anything. They've just given up time waiting on them to get healthy. So it'll be interesting to see what they bring to the table. You, you're talking about two pretty good guys, especially if Alex Wood can channel what he did a couple of years ago, about two years ago then you're adding that to a rotation that has already been pretty solid. And then, like we saw uh, earlier, uh, like we saw Tuesday night from Jose Peraza, if Peraza can get going and you're able to plug him in wherever you need it to be, if it's second base, if it's left field, if he needs to make a spot start for Nick Senzel, definitely not saying he needs many starts there because Nick Senzel needs to be playing every day. That guy is... Probably the biggest key to the future other than Eugenio Suarez or Luis Castillo. So, anyway, you've got guys that haven't broken out yet. And when they break out, it's going to be something. And I know you've heard all of this, like, oh, when it's going to happen. When it's going to happen. When? And you're like, okay, when is that? I believe we're looking at it very soon. I think that the Reds are about to go on a run. And the thing is, the other reason really to be optimistic about the Reds' chances this year, and it's not so much with the division. I'm not saying that they're going to be in the divisional race all of a sudden. But where they are in the wild card, despite their many just, you know, okay, two steps forward, two steps back, three steps forward, three steps back. Despite them not making any movement, they're still not that far out. I believe last I looked, they were only three games back in the wild card. Still only six and a half back in the division as the NL Central division as a whole basically functions as the Reds are functioning this season. Because as soon as the Brewers are on top, they go on a losing streak, the Cubs are on top. As soon as the Cubs are up there, they go on a losing streak. The Cardinals were on top for a little bit. Then the Cardinals go on a crazy losing streak. As Moose said in the month of May, they didn't win a series until they swept the Cubs. And who knows what's going to happen after that. So the Reds have the ability to take advantage of turmoil 
they just got to go on a run. And I believe that that is coming. I believe this team is capable with the pitching that they have shown and with the talent that they have that is just a sleeping giant that's waiting to wake up. I think that we keep saying, oh, hey, the hitting's back, the hitting's back, the hitting's on a roll, the hitting's here, whatever. When Yasiel Puig is going, when Yasiel Puig's hitting like 265, something like that, and he's got his slugging up to where it normally is in his career, that's when the hitting's going to get going because you need him to be that number four guy that's driving in all the runs. But when he's going, this whole lineup's going, and they're going to make that run that offsets the one and eight. I've rambled on quite a bit here. I want to jump in real quick. We've got an answer. One, uh, we got our first uh, answer that I'm going to play here on the podcast to the weekly question. The weekly question is, when the trade deadline comes, what player will you hate to see leave the most? And I kind of qualified it a little bit. I really doubt that we'll see Joey Votto or Nixon Zell or Luis Castillo get traded. So those are kind of easy answers. I'm, I'm looking for a couple of different ones, like the guys who are on contract years or you know, they might look a little bit more expendable, things like that. We've got our first answer. It's from Jimmy Feltner. Hi, Jeff. It's uh, Jimmy Feltner from uh, Washington, PA. Um, I just uh, called in to answer your question on which Reds player that I'd hate to see go at the trade deadline. Um, probably I speak for me and a lot of other people, you know, um, with Derek Dietrich. Uh, I'd really hate to see him go. I mean, I know we could probably get a you know, fairly decent trade, but with Scooter coming back, you know, I mean, that might be something they look at um, with that. Uh, I mean, he's just, he's an outstanding player. I mean, him, like you said before, him and Scooter are basically the same player, but I'd rather uh, see Scooter maybe maybe go. You know, they're both fan favorites, so that would be a tough decision. Um, as far as players, you know, that they could get rid of, I mean, they could probably get rid of uh, Yasiel Puig um, unless they wanted to sign him long-term, which, I mean, the way he's hitting him right now, I mean, probably not. Um, I mean, Dietrich could play in the right field. I mean, if worst comes to worst. Uh, yeah, but that's that's what I got. Uh, thank you, and uh, go Reds. Big shout-out to Jimmy for the first answer to get played on the podcast there, and I believe there's going to be a lot of folks, and – and Jimmy alluded to it, there's going to be a lot of folks that agree with him as Derek Dietrich has become rapidly a fan favorite here in 2019. And it would kind of be a bummer to see him get traded. I, I, I definitely agree with you there, Jimmy. We'll see. Maybe the Reds can get on a run, and we're talking about them being buyers at the deadline instead of sellers. That's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. I know I teased a little bit that I would talk about the whole Pirates fiasco, the the, the Pirates broadcaster fiasco and the Pirates-Braves uh, game on Tuesday night, but uh, I'll get into that more in tomorrow's podcast. I uh, just kind of went a little bit long on time today. Thanks so much for downloading and listening to today's podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed on all your major podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Himalaya Podcasting app. Check us out on social media at Jeff Carr with three F's and at Locked On Reds. Then head on over to LockedOnReds.com. We've got a new article up 
talking about the first two draft picks by the Reds by Clay Snowden. He breaks down Nick Lodolo and Eric Hines. And then also hit us up on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159 and answer the question of the week, which Red you'd hate to see traded the most. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Jeff Carr. This is Locked On Reds, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.